Hello and welcome to Behind the Health Statistic. Um, this is the second part of Andy Parry's discussion with Mike Weir about renal transplantation. I mean, the, the eventually Harry needed a transplant. Yes. Yeah. So. So so dialysis is is only a temporary thing. It's it's really just designed in most cases um, just to keep you alive until a transplant can be found. Yeah. So. Um, one of the issues initially for us with with Harry is that it was that his body wasn't actually ready um, to be transplanted right. as soon as he went on to dialysis. Yeah. So he had to have a number of immunizations um, before he could uh, be deemed um, to be able to receive a transplanted kidney. Right. And also he had to get um, certain uh blood levels uh, forgive me i forget the medical term but um certain levels uh to a point yeah. where again um the main issue would have been about blood clots yeah so he had to get enough um of the right cells into his bloodstream um to be able to avoid the issue of of clotting and yeah. were he to have that that transplant operation okay so it was probably about nine months uh, after starting dialysis that he was deemed fit for transplantation. Okay. And at that point, he was then registered on the deceased donor list okay. uh, for a kidney. So, um, so what kind of pressures does that bring, sort of, you know, waiting for a donor? Well, the difficulty with that is obviously you, you could get a phone call at any time. Yeah. So in terms of travel, for example, um, you had to be uh, within, uh, I think, within three hours of Bristol Children's Hospital at any time in order to be on the transplant list. Now, you could... You could opt, if you wanted to go on holiday, for example, you could opt to come off of it for that period of time. Yeah. Um, but then our view was always, well, well, yeah, but what if a kidney came up in that two weeks? Yeah. You know, you, you wouldn't forgive yourself, would you? So, no. So we opted again to, to stay within three hours of, of Bristol at all times. Yeah. And, and, and from a work perspective, you know, I've always had a job where I've travelled around quite a lot. Um, and at the time, the job involved traveling up to Newcastle, Liverpool, London. Um, and that was always on my mind, thinking, yeah. right, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of Newcastle. Am I going to get a phone call to say you need to come home as soon as you possibly can? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Um, so again, it's, it's um, you know, it's great to, to obviously, we always knew that transplantation was the, the option, the best option for him. Um, to, to get back to some normality and to get back to, to some uh, sort of better life for him. Yeah. But, um, but it did come, still come with its restrictions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, concurrent to being on the deceased list, obviously as parents, you also want to look at options for what you can do to help. Yeah. And, um, you know, although he's obviously a child and you're an adult, you know, you can still... Uh, essentially donate uh, a kidney yourself um, yeah. and that can be transplanted into a child so we started 
even though he's on the deceased list, we, we, we did start to explore the options of, of one of us donating a kidney to yeah. him. And um, essentially that started off uh, with, with Karen, uh, who blood match. So one of the issues again is that if, if, they're, if you're not the same blood type, chances are that that recipient will reject the kidney. Yeah. Um, so first of all, they looked at blood types. Aaron and Harry were the same blood type. Okay. So she went through a process of testing. And uh, the very, one of the very last tests is a surgical decision, essentially. It's a, it's a CT scan on your kidneys, uh, which the surgeon will uh, take a look at and see whether your kidneys are in an operable condition or not. Yeah. And essentially at that point having gone through three months of testing um she was told that her kidneys were inoperable okay um by virtue of the fact that she had too many blood vessels attached to both of her kidneys yeah which made it too high risk to try and remove one of them okay what was that what kind of impact did that sort of news have then well as you can imagine we were devastated yeah. yeah. So having got to the point where we think this is all going to go ahead and we're, you know, we're, we're, we're in with a chance of, of that, that better life that we've been seeking. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and then it's all taken away from you in a phone call. Yeah. Um, you know, so, um, you know, in, in your back to square one. Yeah. Where did you um, go from there though, from that point? Well, um, it wasn't necessarily that well known about in the hospital, but the, the, the live donor team were, were, were very much on top of this. Um, and they started talking about what they call a kidney sharing scheme or a, or a kidney pooling scheme. Yeah. Where effectively um, somebody within the family can elect to donate uh, a kidney which will go to somebody else and in return you will receive a match from somebody else in that pool okay uh, and your your loved one or whoever you're um, sort of donating for will get a kidney in return okay. and um, so the live donor team uh, suggested that uh, course of action to our consultant and um, so so that was the next route Okay. that we explored so effectively that meant that i i went through exactly the same testing as as karen had yeah so it was it basically boiled down to about one appointment for about three four hours once a month for three yeah. months okay so um the first the first appointment is really just doing the usual blood pressure urine samples blood tests those sorts of things ECGs, yeah. um you know just generally is this guy fairly healthy yeah um the second one perhaps a bit more worryingly is where they inject uh you the blood with a small amount of um of of hazardous material yeah. um or um and uh and basically see how long it takes you to pass that material through, okay. which is essentially is, 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 um, is, is working out what your kidney function is. Yeah. Um, 
and then obviously the last ones as i said is more more surgical based where they're doing sort of ct scans to check that you you can donate from a surgical perspective okay and of course again you have to also go through psychological assessments um and the final uh the final appointment is with the human tissue authority who right. ask you questions like you know are you being paid to donate your kidney right um, those sorts of things to make sure that nothing untoward is is going on yeah um, from that perspective so so that whole process took about three or four months um and at that point i was deemed fit and healthy enough to go into that pool okay uh, sharing scheme with with harry yeah so i mean eventually you you did donate a kid one of your kidneys yes yeah so so we went into that sharing scheme for the first time in the july um we didn't get a match yeah so at, at a certain point every quarter i i, I some sort of supercomputer tries to match everyone together yeah. and then you get a phone call to say we we have or we haven't so the first time we tried it we didn't get a match okay and then we got a phone call in november to say that they had found a, a match for both myself and harry yeah and um we were lined up for an operation in the week before christmas right and um all of those operations happened simultaneously so yeah, they do. My, yeah. um, my kidney and the person donating to Harry, uh, we would have our kidneys removed at exactly the same time. Yeah. Um, I guess to avoid anything going wrong and then one person finding out that actually, no, we haven't been able to get your kidney, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and when you've already donated. Um, yeah. Uh, and um, so we had all that lined up. For a week before Christmas and um, we then got a phone call about a week before to say that my recipient had become unwell and that his uh, medical professionals had advised that the operation shouldn't proceed okay so again as you can imagine having built yourself up for that and, uh, from my perspective and also from from Harry's perspective um, and a week before you get told it's all off and you're kind of back to square one again. Yeah. It's a huge emotional so roller coaster, isn't it? This whole oh, absolutely. Is, yeah. Up and know? down it up and down most days. Yeah. 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 So, so um no, as you say, you're you're mentally repair, preparing, I mean you're mentally preparing yourself for, for the for the operation. Yeah. And then you get told it's not gonna happen. Yeah. And then obviously you're trying to prepare everyone else as well at the same time. And you're, you're looking to put childcare in place and you're, you're looking to, you know, to, to, to convince, um, you know, Harry and Liam that everything's going to be fine. And then it all gets yeah. kind of put on hold at the last minute. So, um, so yeah. was that, was that tough for his parents then that, you know, the fears that the kids had sort of trying to allay those fears for them? Um, I mean, the way, I wouldn't say they were necessarily fearful, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, Harry just, because he's been dealing with this from such a young age, he just yeah. takes everything as it comes. Yeah. You know, so if somebody says, well, you're going to have to have this, then he'd just go, that's fine. 
Okay. No. Yeah. Um, you know, even down to the, you know, he's one of the best at giving blood in, in, in the clinic because, you know, he just, he just sits there and watches the needle go in yeah. and then he'll, he, he'll just go off and play on the iPad or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, braver man than I am <laughs> so, but I think because he's been dealing with all of that since such a young age he just feels it's it's probably just part of his life unfortunately yeah. I'm sure at some point in the future he'll think a bit more deeply about it but yeah. at this stage he just takes everything as it as it comes I think obviously you know for Liam we had to explain that you know um, that obviously, uh, you know, I'd be in hospital for probably three or four days and Harry would be in hospital for two weeks. Yeah. Um, and therefore, you know, this would be what would be going on while we're, we're kind of not there. Yeah. And, and by the way, when I come home, um, I'm, I'm not really going to be in a position where I can do all the things I used to do with you yeah. um, for a good few months. So you try and recover from that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so then, having had that in January, the next run was uh, in December. Sorry, the, the next run was then in January, right? And we were given the option. The, the my recipient had then recovered by that stage, and they'd got to the bottom of what what was going on with him. Yeah. Um, which actually ended up being something as simple as a, as a gluten allergy. Okay. Um, and and they so they gave us the option to, to continue and set a date for March with that same matching pair or whether we just go into the pool again and try and find something else. And yeah. after discussion, we decided to, to stick with the, the matching pair that we had and, um, and, and the operations um, went ahead, uh, which would, would be about 18 months ago from today. Right. Okay. So yeah. you donated to somebody else and Harry had, a kidney donated from somebody else for himself right yeah so, and all of all of that is done anonymously right okay so you don't know any details about the other people yeah um and um obviously we on that side of things we have taken it upon ourselves to get in touch with the other people in the in the pool yeah so so we subsequently found out that it's a husband and wife so husband needed the kidney yeah wife donated to harry okay and it's amazing um, yeah <laughs> so we we initially wrote two separate letters right um, yeah so so I, I i wrote a letter to my recipient saying i hope everything's gone okay and you're, you're fitting well yeah and we also wrote a, a letter to harry's donor to say I hope everything's gone okay for you and then as I say we found out um, that they're husband and wife Wow! and eventually this all happens through the live donor teams in the yeah. various hospitals and then eventually they ask you whether you're happy to pass on your your personal details yeah. and so you know we then exchanged emails and phone numbers and yeah we're friends with them on Facebook and things so you know yeah. so we yeah, we we get to find out a little bit more about them. Yeah. We haven't met them in person yet, um, yeah. but that was largely down to um, we were going to meet them on the anniversary of of our operations, and unfortunately, then the global pandemic hit, so uh, that wasn't possible. Okay, okay Bush, and that hopefully that yeah. soon. Yeah. Isn't it? So, 
for life before transplant, you know, all those from when he was a baby through to that, that transplant period, how has life changed now that that transplant happened and obviously the surgical recovery period is, is, has sort of happened? Yeah, so, um, you know, he's always bounced back fantastically from all of the setbacks. Yeah. So, yeah, they, 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 they keep him in for two weeks um, as a matter of course. Um, but he was he was already running running them ragged in Bristol before right. <laughs> you know, being being discharged and ordering them around as he does. Um, so you know he he was he bounced back really quickly, yeah. um, and he was he was uh, you know it's more with Harry it's more about reminding him that he needs to take it easy. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. rather than him feeling he's not capable. Yeah. Of doing things. Um, and and in, initially, when you get discharged as a as a as a, uh, uh, a pediatric transplant recipient, you know you have to go to hospital three times a week for, for blood tests um, to check that the kidneys are not rejecting yeah. and that it is essentially working as it should do. Yeah. And um, so, um, I mean, essentially for his recovery period, which was somewhere between three to six months yeah. um, again thanks to having an understanding employer um, my wife took took that entire time away from work yeah um, to look after him right um, okay uh, and so um, you know that was we were really appreciative of them for, for doing that because it was that you know there wasn't really any other option I mean yeah. you know when when I was discharged um, three days post-op you know I um, my my parents moved in yeah. to our house to look after me for yeah. two weeks because obviously they weren't there they were in Bristol Karen yeah. was in Bristol with Harry so so you know I had that support for the first two weeks yeah. um, and they kind of moved in and sort, sorted Liam out every day and cooked and cleaned bought shopping and you know and all that sort of thing and and um, you know so you do Again, you know, we were lucky to have have that sort of support yeah. for us. And um, but yeah, I mean, Harry bounced back very quickly. His recovery time was great, and and you know, touch wood, ever since he's had the transplant, his kidney function has been absolutely brilliant. You know, the kidney's been expected, been done everything it's it's been expected to do. Yeah, I mean, I don't don't necessarily recall the exact numbers, but you know in terms of his development uh, his physical development um yeah. we're talking about a weight difference in 18 months um of, of probably something around the seven eight kilos mark yeah um and height difference is probably about five or six centimeters yeah so shoot now up. what that what that shows to us is you know his kidney function when it wasn't good, when his kidneys failed, was 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 halting that development. Yeah. Dialysis doesn't really then necessarily help with that development. Yeah. But now he's back to, well, eating us out of house and home. Yeah. Um, and he, and he's you know he's back to going to school and everything else. You know yeah. he's he's absolutely shot up and he's he's. The way the way I see it um, now is you know you you always used to look at him and you could see his ribs. 
you yeah. know, poking out, and you could see. Whereas actually, he's got he's got a bit of he's got a bit of chunk to him now. He's yeah. he's, a, he's, a, he's he's a bit of a unit these days. Yeah. So uh, it's so, great yeah, to he, see. He, he, found, he, he has recovered fantastically, and is and is really thriving. Yeah. Um, you know, he has some other related issues, which I don't yeah. know if you want to go into the the dealings we've had with the genetics department right okay um um, you know because obviously we're we're cracking on with the time but um essentially very very quickly um we we've we elected to be part of um a a genetic study yeah harry which involved us donating a blood sample yeah um and looking at things from a genetic perspective and essentially we had a phone call earlier this year from some very excited research scientist types Uh, um, you know we're so excited that we found your your sick child Um, (laughs) um, uh, you know basically saying that um, he had an anomaly a gene anomaly okay um, which which was not not uh, uh, not it didn't exist in either Aaron or myself. Right. Okay. So it was a unique developed gene mutation. Yeah. From uh, that he that he'd obviously been been born with. Yeah. And this gene mutation, um, which they called Trimate. Yeah. Uh, they were only aware of um, less than twenty. Uh, cases of that gene mutation in the world right okay okay so as rare as you can get really. yeah uh, i think it was something like 13 12 or 13 something like that yeah and so um they were going to write a paper about about harry yeah um, as there were no other existences in the uk the other yeah. the other um the other existences were in the us and in france right uh but there were some uh there were there there were differences in severity yeah but there were very similar symptoms in in a lot of the uh, those children that they'd studied yeah so one was kidney disease yeah uh, two was uh processing or learning difficulties yeah and three was um a propensity for epilepsy okay which could explain the seizures could do yeah could um, be. so essentially although that doesn't change anything and it doesn't make harry's life any easier or our life any easier it, it was quite interesting to find out yeah. how it may have come about yeah gives you essentially the... just a gene mutation from from two people you know yeah. making a child um, yeah if you understand it sometimes sometimes it can be easier to, to yeah. digest all this stuff if you understand yeah. where this came from isn't it if you went we have there's no history in either our families and why did this happen no. to us but at least having something to hang it on you can go well that's the reason yeah, um, yeah. i mean the the reason for mentioning it is because that that is probably harry's biggest ongoing battle yeah. is it is really his his learning yeah. in school right. so Obviously, he's missed a lot of school, yeah. um, and and obviously, you know, as part of this diagnosis, 
there could be learning processing difficulties yeah. aligned to, to what he's had. Right. Um, so, you know, again, we, we're doing what we can on that. He has a one-to-one -one support for 25 hours a week yeah. to, to kind of help him with that. But um, and as you imagine, trying to teach him in lockdown was a, was a significant challenge. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, again, an example. So, so, so I read something about, for his age group, you know, really they concentrate on 10, 5, and 2 times table. Yeah. So, so I went through his 10 times table with him one day and he, he got it straight away. And yeah. I thought I was the best teacher in the world. Yeah. Um, so we did that for a week just to yeah. make sure he remembered it. And then the next week we tried fives and it, he just didn't get it at all. Right. He still okay. doesn't understand it now. Yeah. He can still tell you his 10 times table, which is a, yeah. which is a good thing. But yeah, yeah, fives and twos, you know, just can't, he just can't fathom it. So, yeah. um, so yeah so 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 that's that's his battle at the moment i guess yeah. the other thing to mention is that you know that kidney has done a fantastic job to this point at some point yeah. it it could go wrong yeah. um so you know they they suggest this is again quite interesting from a from a medical perspective but actually kidneys that are donated from a live donor are yeah. more likely to last longer than those that come from a deceased donor yeah yeah okay. and part of that is the fact that the person's still alive when you when you remove their kidney yeah um, but it also part of it is that most people who donate a kidney on the deceased list tend to be older yeah, um, yeah. than people who donate as a living donor that's it yeah um so you know the average life cycle for a for a kidney from a living donor is expected to be something like 15 to 20 years right okay um so but but things like for example puberty could could throw throw out his kidney function for whatever reason yeah so whilst it's great he's doing really well there's always that thing in the back of your mind that says we we're only one one day away from yeah. us being back to where we were okay and and unfortunately you know that that's that's something we all have to have to live with on a daily basis yeah so it's an um, ongoing stress really yeah yeah sort of. i mean we don't you know it's not like we sit here thinking of it every day no. but it's always in the back of your mind yeah that at some point something might might go wrong and obviously the hope is that it it lasts 20 years and then you you know, at that point he'll need another he'll need another transplant. Yeah, um, well, you kind of never know. Hopefully, I'll go for twenty years from, and things might be very different by then. You know, um, how we do. Yeah, these absolutely. Things. Yeah, we'll go and buy one in Tesco's. And, yeah, uh, hopefully, and get some points yeah. for it. You know? Off the shelf. Yeah, no. hopefully that would work out. So yeah, so just sort of to finish, then you 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 came you and Karen came into contact, and Harry, of course, came into contact with a lot of healthcare professionals. Um, so anybody who's sort of starting their career as a healthcare professional, what bit of advice would you give them as a parent to a child who's unwell and also as, you know, you, you, you've been a patient yourself sort of donating a kidney? What nuggets would you say? I, I just think the biggest thing is empathy, really, mm. if you can. Because, yeah. you know, it's, it's very difficult. 
that that's one of the things we find very difficult in life because thankfully you know not many people have to go through what we've been through yeah. but you then but for a lot of people it's difficult for them then to understand what you've been through yeah yeah and and um you know if i think about all the medical professionals that we've come across the ones that really stand out are the ones that have had that sort of empathy for your situation yeah now, now don't get me wrong there, there are life experiences that add to that empathy i mean you know you know, our, our consultant for example has has children um yeah. one of which is about harry's age so yeah. so when he rings us and he says he's been thinking about harry over the weekend you know, he genuinely means it because he can probably relate to how he would feel if it, if it was one of his children. Yeah. You know, and, and not everyone's going to have that that life experience to be able to 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 build upon. Yeah. You know, those those aspects, I guess. Yeah. I, I think, as I say, it's empathy, and it's it's trying to place yourself in in that in that person's shoes to a degree. Yeah. And like I say, one of the the most at the difficult times was when when you know his kidneys failed and you've got four or five different departments all wanting to spend their half an hour to an hour with you yeah trying to tell you what their specific department is going to be doing to yeah to help you out and you're kind of thinking well that you know i'm trying to deal with a lot here yeah um what's the most urgent department that i need to speak to yeah. Well, it's it's surgical because he needs a catheter fitted, right? Well, let's go and talk to him. Anybody yeah. else will deal with them another time. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's pacing no, information you, you give out, isn't it? But for example, you know, there's no point in you talking us through what happens when he starts dialysis because we're not going to be there for another eight weeks. Yeah, right. And I'd have probably forgotten everything he had told me by then. Yeah. Because funnily enough, we're dealing with quite a few other things at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I think it's, as I say, it's trying to trying to use your life experience, I guess, um, where you can, and 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 trying to put yourself in the, in the the um, you know in the other person's shoes. I guess where it's difficult for us to gauge because neither of us are medical professionals is i guess you know one of the things you you probably can't do is is get too emotionally attached to every story because you know you'd probably end up going insane wouldn't you because yeah. you'd be trying to help everyone and you'd be feeling feeling sorry for everyone and so i guess you need to have a little bit of uh hands off if you like to say you know yeah you know i know there's a lot of difficult situations going on and i need to deal with those but but yeah, just that little bit, all of the really positive things we've had from healthcare professionals for us have, have all really come through where somebody has sort of demonstrated that real sort of caring side, that real, you know, this is not just a surgical procedure yeah. kind of thing. You know, it, it, the best example of that is, you know, the, the anaesthetist that we had when, when Harry had his catheter fitted. Yeah. where he he you know sat us down talked us about everything the hedgehog medicine you know he, he, he and he then went on to tell us that actually his son had had a, a kidney issue at some point yeah 
So it was, it was, you know, that, that turned a very stressful experience into one that wasn't as stressful as it could have been. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's because we felt at ease with what he said and, you know, what he'd shared with us and, and his way of dealing with, with, with Harry. Yeah. And particularly in paediatric care, as you can imagine, yeah. you know, they would thrive upon, any child would thrive upon somebody who, you know, treats them as a child, had, makes a bit of fun of things, you know. Um, so I guess it's, it's sort of the interaction between, it's not between a healthcare professional and a parent or a patient. That it's more about just being human, isn't it? That's, yeah. It's as simple as that, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good... Um, that's a good summary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking to me, Mike. Um, it's been really, really interesting and, you know, a lot of ups and downs, like you said, but uh, I'm glad things are, you know, settled down for you and Harry is looking great. I saw him the other day and uh, yeah, he is, like you say, sprouting and like a dynamo, which is brilliant. It's great yeah. to see. Yeah. Um, so thank yeah. you very much, Mike. Thanks for your time. I just about, I just about managed to keep up with him. Yeah. Just about. Yeah. Yeah. Just about. You've still got some in. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. No worries. So a huge thank you to Andy and Mike for that discussion. I'm sure you found it extremely interesting. And then also a huge thank you to Bex Potton of Cardiff University for producing these podcasts. If you'd like more information on kidney disease or transplant, please go to either Kidney Wales or NHSB team or the NHS website. Thank you very much. <laughs>